0: Asanga Sheng, political analyst and diversity trainer joins us for this really do appreciate it uh, asanda this this level of intolerance that the school has uh, exercised and demonstrated towards this particular learner not just in expelling or suspending her for her hair but also physically forcing her out of the school when her mother uh, attempted to inquire about the school's decision one cannot but help notice that what you have here is a middle-aged white man pushing a black woman and her black daughter out of the school. That, again, naturally brings up questions around racism, race, and the country's history, specifically pertaining to the hair of black women. To what extent is it a racialized matter?
1: Well, I mean, black bodies have been racialized since before the days of Sarah Batman, who was paraded in Europe. Um, with people prodding and laughing at her bum, and that has been the history. Whether we're talking about women's bums, uh, you know, in ballet, or women's bums in swimming, or, uh, or or black black women, or black people's hair in general, there is a, there are many schools who have these rules that don't make sense because hair is, a, you know, you are you should be allowed to have your hair as it comes out of your hair of your head and dreadlocks are literally just a putting together of your hair as it comes out of your scalp and uh, and are very much natural it's very much actually a natural state of yeah of hair but but when you think about the connection there's a there's this connection between race and and religion which happened during colonialism where the politicians, and the government of the colony came and the missionaries came with them from, uh, from from, from, Europe when colonization started. So there's always been a conflation between race and religion, and at the heart of that conflation of race and religion, you must remember, is the destruction, the erasure of black identity, and dreadlocks are literally at the epicenter of how we used to, you know, have our hair because it literally just leave. It's about leaving your hair in yeah. its natural state and having it, uh, you know, continue to grow unabated. And I think that, you know, we don't often talk about how the conflation of race and religion continues to punish the, the the black the black child continues to erase the the identity of the black child and continues to seek to discipline the very body. Of uh, you know of of black people because they there is this whole thing about how black people who are also Christian are supposed to look like and that guy was pushing that girl because he is used to as a white man being in a position in a superior position and he is used to having his rules followed and so he couldn't understand a situation where in a black woman not just a, any woman a woman first of all because patriarchy and yeah. secondly a black woman race could you know could tell him what time it was and and you know those parents were very angry and so I can I only i, I was I was already when I started watching the video I was already wondering what had happened before and how violent it must have been and I don't mean yeah. violence in the physical sense but in the structural sense how violent it have been for whatever it is that happened for those parents to be going there and together be sh- be shouting and and and, and you know yeah. telling these people about the ways they're not going to deny them of their rights and that pushing simply was an escalation of already an already heightened uh you know situation and i think you know for me i always say that you know one of the things that the, our government has to protect our black children and make sure that children can be provided psychological safety, never mind physical safety. We need to ensure that black children can be provided psychological safety. And for as long as the government continues to allow teachers to be registered, as teachers and continues to allow people to run schools without making sure that, you know, just like they would make sure that they had safety and health standards, they need to make sure that every single school in this country, every single teacher has undergone some kind of diversity training and they need to make sure that every single school has a diversity curriculum because we come from a history of, uh, you know, racially entrenched legislation and that history is not going to go away or simply disappear because Because we will it or because we want to pretend like nothing has happened. And so we have to engage with the issue of race. We have to engage with how race impacts us and I think, you know, what was even shocking on top of everything else is the fact that this school is actually illegal in that for whatever reason, yeah. it hasn't complied with their laws, and therefore shouldn't even be operating in the first place. And this is something the Department of Education should be monitoring and ensuring that you know there are no illegal schools. And 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 it also speaks to again the fact that our government has failed to provide enough schools for us, such that parents are desperate and taking their children to institutions that, for various reasons, do not meet their legislative uh, requirements. For running a school So that guy The way he was pushing that child I can only imagine What else happens At the school Over and above The racism And what else happens At that school Particularly To black children If that's the kind of attitude He has You know In front of a video Which he knew Would be evidence And which he knew Would probably end up In social media And he just simply
0: Did not care that school notwithstanding, hair remains a politicized matter, especially in, in private schools in South African private institutions. Um, and schools remain a fertile ground for that put politicization to happen. I thought we would have learned from the 2015-2016, uh, uh, you know, protests at Pretoria Girls High, uh, where Pretoria uh, Girls, where protest around hair uh, seems to have sparked national outrage. That would have been a teaching moment. We all assumed it was why is it that some people can't seem to grasp the politicization of hair and their particular role in it and why do schools remain a fertile ground in an institution where that politicization plays out in incredibly violent ways
1: this happens because our government has failed in regulation and so what should be happening is that the government should have a set you know, a set rule of regulations around what is and isn't allowed in schools that uh, your schools can then kind of tweak on top of. In the same way that we have a constitution of the country that governs everybody and then you have the various laws that govern, you know, people at different provinces and people in different situations. We need to have a school's policy that every single school in south africa is meant to adhere to and it should be that your license simply gets revoked if you do not meet those standards or there are serious consequences the problem we have is that there are no consequences for racism black children's pain is not seen as a priority and i say this because i've worked in many schools i've engaged many people on this issue and while on the ground many parents are heartbroken about exactly what's happening to their children at schools our government doesn't seem to be in a situation where they are putting forward regulation and our department of by Justice regulation is do not you mean that work as
0: well by regulation do you mean the standardization of codes of conduct pertaining to to hair and uniform in particular.
1: It's not. It's not just. It's not just the, that. It's about the fact that you know there are there is a national schools policy. So there are some policies in place already that schools are supposed to implement. It's about making sure that there is monitoring and evaluation. And this happens not only with hair. It also happens with the language policy. Most young children in South Africa are still learning in English and Afrikaans. When you know children of 1976 died in order to not be forced to learn in Afrikaans, that is because many schools are not implementing. The the language policy which says you must have english plus another african language and they take afrikaans as the other african language and you know it becomes very difficult for parents to argue for african languages and and to argue for a different level of engagement about which languages that uh, their children are that i have place out then, so differently in private institutions evaluation. right
0: that ever plays yeah, out yeah. differently in private institution, and they certainly have the prerogative to set that. Um, and this seems to be, albeit not registered and not compliant, a private institution.
1: No 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 this is, so this is the mistake that a lot of people make as long as you are on South African ground on South African soil the national schools policy applies to you the South African constitution applies to you it's not only for public schools and by the way public schools are just as bad at not meeting the regulations and not monetary right. and not being monitored and evaluated and i think that you know th- that's why i keep taking it back to government and particularly the department of education not playing its role because it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter how much money parents are paying it doesn't matter how private your institution is it is on south african soil and therefore it's governed by the same south african constitution that very clearly states that you cannot discriminate against somebody okay. based on race gender and any other identity racial identifier or minoritized group identity
0: Yeah, asana thank you so much for your time this morning really really do appreciate it asana our shank political analyst over there 25 minutes after seven